0: Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. My name is Kevin Clark, and I, along with my friend and my colleague, the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, Bob Hutto, have the privilege and the pleasure of bringing to you some more uh, truths from God's Word. We've been very excited about the uh, study of the book of James, a very practical study. Many people refer to James as the Proverbs of the New Testament, very similar in a kind of very practical day-to-day living uh, advice and counsel uh, coming from our God and Father in heaven And we really appreciate you being with us. As we've said, I think every podcast, get the word out. Let other people know if you enjoy this program, if you get something out of it, if you're benefited spiritually, tell other people about that because that's a part of sharing God's word with other people. Tell it to your coworkers, your fellow students, your relatives. And as we've said, every time we have people that sign in not only from all parts of alabama uh, different parts of this nation but all across the world so be a part of this and and help support it want to thank uh, our deacon and i said deacon for a reason there's only one of them tonight that's with us Uh, it's jason reed we appreciate him his uh, colleague mark townsend is out of town And uh, so a little more double duty on him. We appreciate him and his family lending his talents to us. And as always, we're very thankful that we have this format. It's an exciting way to get God's Word out there. Think about, you know, 30 years ago, we couldn't do something like this. And so we're blessed to live in the time that we do where we can reach so many hearts with God's Word. Uh, Any opening remarks you may have, Brother Hutto? Well,
1: I'm just uh, interested in the study tonight. We're going to talk about the Word of God Mm -hmm. and doing the Word of God Mm -hmm. Talked a little bit last time about the important place the Word should have in our lives, uh, preparing ourselves Mm -hmm. to receive the Word, Mm -hmm. uh, allowing the Word to sink into our hearts, into our minds, the implanted Word. Absolutely. And as that takes shape, as that influences our lives, it'll save our soul. I was thinking of Isaiah 55, verse 11. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My Word, which goes forth from my mouth, will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire, without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. And so the Word of God is powerful. It will accomplish Mm -hmm. great things in our lives if we prepare ourselves to receive it and then put it into practice. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about being doers of the Word in, in this session.
0: And in fact, we'll do a little bit of overlap uh, just to kind of pull it all together. We're going to start this time, verse 22, even though we read that before, but kind of string it together with verses 26 through 27 because they all really flow together uh, as one thought. So reading from the New King James Version, starting in verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, for he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless, pure and undefiled religion, for God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world." world. As we said last time, the last podcast, it's so important that we do the word. This comes across in the instructions that James gives us here. He says it's not enough to hear the word And i like the connection between thinking you're okay because you've heard the word and self-deception he says that that notion that i can listen to this i can understand this i can know this and think that i'm saved based on this understanding that i may have that other people don't have well that makes me fine he says that's self-deception so we need to obviously this is a warning here for us it's not enough for us to know and understand god's word that is necessary that's important we're not in any way taken away from that But unless we produce fruit in our life, in other words, we govern our conduct, we govern how we dress, how we talk, how we think by God's word, uh, then we're not going to get the benefit, uh, ultimately, which is salvation. I like what he says, you know, we need to be the kind of people that look into the perfect law of liberty and, 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 and continue in it. And he contrasts the person who goes to the mirror, and this is the person who hears only, he sees himself, and turns away and immediately forgets what he just saw. <laughs> whatever needs to be corrected, whatever imperfections are there, he completely forgets the, the image that was presented to him. He says that's the person who hears God's word, walks away, and then forgets to do it. The forgetful doer, as the, the scriptures say later on. That's Or forgetful hearer, I'm sorry. that That is not acceptable to God. What we need to do is to look at the perfect law of liberty, which is talking about the New Testament. And I'll make one quick point. Uh, Sometimes you hear people say that because we are under the New Testament, because we're in an age of grace, uh, there is no law. Well, clearly there is law. And he refers to the age of grace, if you will, the New Testament dispensation as the perfect law of liberty. It is still a law. We're still accountable. We still have uh, obligations and, and, and obedience that we have to render to it. And he says the one who is wise, the one who is blessed, is the one who looks into this perfect law of liberty, the New Testament, and he continues in it. In other words, he or she lives their life by the principles and the standards and the instructions that God gives to them. And he says, if that person doesn't forget, if they do the work, this one will be blessed. And so it's clear in our lives as Christians, we've got to do, what does the word of the Lord say about profanity? Don't use it. Well, we need to execute that. We have some people, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute, but we have some people profess to be very religious and just say anything, use all kinds of words when they get angry, all kinds of filth spews out of their mouth, and yet they'll come back and tell you, but I'm a Christian, I love the Lord, and that's just a part of me, And but but God understands my heart, and God knows my heart. Well, well God says if you want to be a follower of mine, you've got to do what I said. And I said in Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So if we're going to be a doer of that, guess what we're going to do? We're going to exercise restraint over our tongue. We're going to be careful about the things that come out of our mouth. And you say, oh, well, that, that's not important. It absolutely is important because he's telling us if we don't do the word, we're not going to be blessed by God's word. The blessing is doing what you know and what you hear when you sit at God's feet. Look like you've got some. Well, it's there.
1: just interesting in this particular passage, you can see verse 22, prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Yeah, yeah. And then that's emphasized again in verse 16. All right. Do not be deceived, my mm-hmm. beloved brethren. Mm-hmm. So watch out for being deceived or self-deception. And you see it again in verse 26. If yep. anyone thinks himself to be religious, yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. That's right. And so he's just highlighting two or three times here. Don't deceive yourself, the right. doer of the word. Right. So you're talking about, yep. you know, the, these folks that s- claim to be Christians, but right. okay, they're deceiving themselves. That's exactly right. Which is the worst kind of deception, Absolutely. isn't it? That's right. Uh, and so it's one thing to be tricked by someone else or deceived mm-hmm. by someone else, but when we don't tell ourselves the truth, we're not honest with ourselves. That that seems even worse. It is. and more dangerous. Than being deceived by someone else, we're we're sort of suspicious of other people sometimes when they try to convince us of something that's not true. It, it's hard to be suspicious of ourselves, <laughs> but we can we can deceive ourselves. We can think we're something when we're not. Absolutely. And so we just have to be careful. And I think pray to God, help me to see myself the way you see me.
0: That's a great. Help point. me
1: see myself, and if we can do that we can see ourselves the way God sees us, then mm-hmm. we're ready to receive the word and put it into practice.
0: I think it's a great point. I couldn't help but think about Hebrews uh, chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And listen to this. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So you need some help seeing yourself the way God sees you? Go to God's Word because God's Word will reveal the kind of person you are if you're willing to receive it. Now, there's some people that refuse to see themselves as they truly are based on the scriptures. But if you'll go in meekness and humility and sit before God and listen to what God's Word has to say, oh, wow, you know, that's me. I do this. I need to stop doing that. Oh, this is me. I need to control my anger. Oh, this is me. I'm not controlling my lust. Oh, I have obligations, affirmative obligations to help the poor. Yet when we see these, things we've got to be humble enough but god's word will tell you about yourself it'll tell you why you do the things that you do one of the things that's interesting to me about the new testament and the old testament too it's not enough even to do works the question is why are you doing those things are you doing them in the service of god are you doing them because you love the lord your god while your heart mind and soul are you doing it because you love your fellow man are you doing it because it's ritual are you doing it because it makes you feel better than other people are you doing it because it's habit i mean these things matter The word of God tells you these things because it reveals the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's right. That's right.
1: As he'll go on to say here in James chapter 1, it's like looking at your face in a mirror. It reveals, just like a mirror reveals your, you know, whether your hair needs to be combed or your face needs to wash. Exactly. The word will reveal your shortcomings or your faults so you can fix that's exactly right
0: Right. i mean and he makes the point i mean it'd be like somebody getting up in the morning and they've got the hair's all messed up and they got stubble and everything's messed up in their eyes and they just look at themselves and then turn around and go out into the workplace with all that hair messed up and the matter dried in the eyes and no he's like do something about it he said that's the person who hears God's word and then walks away and does nothing about it. And unfortunately, we find too many of our uh, Christians in that position, try not to be in that position, do God's will. Uh, One of the things I like when he goes on to make a a great application of this, and it's not just limited to this application, the principle goes well beyond that, but I think it's interesting he chooses the use of the tongue in this area. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, And does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. And, you know, I think a lot of people have a hard time with this. I think people feel like, what's the big deal? As long as I believe in my heart, as long as I uh, care about Jesus, I love Jesus. So I use some foul language from time to time. So I use some expletives from time to time. What's the big deal? Well, I think the big deal is, first of all, God says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But there's also some explanation. Look over Matthew chapter 12, verses 33-37. through 37. I think this is a very telling passage about what comes out of our mouth, how important it is. Matthew 1233 37 says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of, this is key, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. But, but it's just words. No, it's not just words. Because what Jesus says is the words that come out of our mouth are symptomatic of our hearts. They're telling us something about the condition of our heart. You have bad words that are coming out? Guess where they came from? A bad heart. And a bad heart is a serious problem in the eyes of God. And so don't tell us that, well, it doesn't mean anything, and I have a great heart, but I say these bad words all the time. The Lord is saying, hey, if you have a good heart, you know what's going to come out of your mouth? Things that are good, things that edify, things that promote peace and love. But if you've got filth that's being spewed from your mouth, that says something about your heart. And that's not me passing mm-hmm. judgment. That's not you. That's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. who says it's a symptom of a greater problem. Mm-hmm.
1: Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, mm-hmm. for they shall see God. And yeah. as you said, if we are, have an impure heart, well, then impure words are going to come from it. That's right. If our heart is pure, the, our words are pure. And so, as you said, the, the heart is sort of the... Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's important, maybe more important, because that's the source. That's right. That's so right. we get the source of our deeds or our words. If we can get the source corrected, right. then the words and deeds will follow. That's right. So it's important that we, uh, uh, that we have the right kind of heart.
0: Yeah, for those people who think, well, this is just a matter of uh, semantics. No, no, we're talking about something far greater. We're talking about a condition of one's heart. And I also like this idea of bridling the tongue. And we're going to see this all throughout the book of James, just how important it is. And it's such a struggle. It's such a difficult thing mm-hmm. to control the tongue, as we're going to talk about in James chapter 3. It's not something that you ever really tame. It's something that you're constantly restraining. I think Psalm 39.1 talks about, I'll muzzle my mouth. Here you talk about a bridle. So it gives you the idea that this is a constant, ongoing thing, that I need to monitor my speech and what I say. And, you know, the Lord has some pretty harsh things here to say through James. He says, look, if you profess to be religious... And yet you're not controlling your tongue. He says that religious is that religion is useless, futile, vain. That's strong language, mm-hmm. but that's what the Lord says about it. Now he contrasts that and says, You know what pure and undefiled religion is? Well, that's uh, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. And I understand this, Bob. Really, it's another way of saying the great commandments in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul and to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, to visit orphans and widows in our trouble, uh, that's because we love our neighbor. We care about our neighbor. We want to look out for them. We look out especially for the least of them. Matthew 25, verses 31 through about 47. It's really interesting. There's a judgment scene there, separating the goats from the sheep. And the differentiation in that passage is not uh, what your position is on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. It's not even morality there. It is how do you deal with the least among us. That's not to say those other things are not important. They are. But it also is to highlight how we treat other people is critically important. And then that second piece, to keep oneself unspotted from the world, uh, you really are holy because of your relationship with God. You serve a holy God. Be holy for I am holy, First Peter says. So I, I think of that really as another way of saying you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And if you do, you keep yourself unspotted from the world. You love your neighbors as yourself. If you do, you're going to visit orphans and widows in their trouble.
1: Thoughts? Well, I would just emphasize how practical that is. You know, Just, just kind of basic down-to-earth, mm-hmm. practical living. You're aware of uh, uh, the, the needs of others. You're not wrapped up in yourself. Mm-hmm. And here are people who... Just uh, they have inherent needs. You know, right. here's, peop- here's orphans who don't have parents to, to provide, or here's a widow, very vulnerable position. And God has always been concerned about right. those kinds of people, people that just have a very difficult time mm-hmm. making their way through the world. They're, they're at a huge disadvantage. Right. Uh, God has always been concerned about them and has instructed people who are better off right. to look out for and help to take care of those who are in those kind of situations. I think about Isaiah chapter mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. makes a good connection. Uh, he's Isaiah is very critical of, of Israel, has some really strong things to say in the passage, compares them to Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. And he says in verse 16, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from my sight, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, reprove the ruthless, Defend the orphan. Right. Plead for the widow. There same same kind same of thing. idea. Yeah. yeah. There are people around us that that are in need, uh, through no fault of their own. Life circumstances have made their situation very difficult. Look, you you make sure they're taken care of. You do right. what you can to provide for them, in keeping with the nature of James, very practical, yeah, down to earth kind of uh, teaching that affects our daily lives.
0: Very much so. I noticed that the pure and undefiled religion, in contrast, that useless religion where people are not bridling their instincts and their tongues and things of that nature, has both of those components. Because I think sometimes you can have people that are very, very good at helping other people and very generous and very tuned in, but not very restrained, not very self control maybe very immoral, may have some things in their life that they're letting, letting go. And they feel like, well, I help all these people. Surely God is, is satisfied with me. Or the, the other end, you could have people that are very good about keeping themselves control and keeping themselves holy, but they rarely really think about those around them that are in need. They rarely do anything. They rarely help the poor and get out there and get involved and get to know people and uh, give of their resources generally. Uh, God is saying to both those people, either one, that's not enough. It's both of those things. He says pure and undefiled religion has both of those components of being caring for the least among us, but also keeping yourself holy in an unholy world. Let's be honest with mm-hmm. That's very challenging. And so we need to be looking ourselves that way in that litmus test. Am I keeping myself unspotted from the world? Again, that's motivated by your love for God. Am I helping out my fellow neighbor because I genuinely love them, I care about them. It bothers me to see people suffer and go without, especially when I have the resources to do that. You know, we talked about this in First John 3. He talks about to love in deed and in truth, and that means if you have these resources and your brother's in need, how can you not share those resources with them to alleviate that need? He said, how's the love of God dwelling if you don't do that? So, like you said, very practical teaching that we need to, what have we just talked about, put that into practice in our lives. Are we visiting the orphans and widows? Are we keeping ourselves inspired from the world? And if not, let's repent of that. God has given us every tool to do that successfully. We just have to make use of those tools.
1: And so we need to just devote ourselves to being doers of the word. That's right. Just make that commitment. I'm going to learn the word and I'm going to put it into practice. I'm going to do it. And I can live a life that's pleasing to God. Amen. And the more I learn, the more I understand, the better I can put these things into practice. That's
0: right. And go. I can be successful. Amen. That's that. We dev- never want to leave people with the thought that this can't be done. It is ultimately very doable. God has done everything that he can do, most notably by sending his son to die on the cross. He's done everything for us that has to be done. We just have to do our part, avail ourselves of the conditions of grace, and we can be successful. Well, as always, we want to end our podcast with a prayer, and I want to ask Brother Bob sure. how to lead us in that Absolutely. prayer.
1: So let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful that you've revealed the word to us, that you've made it available to us, that we can read it, that we can understand it. And uh, we ask for your help in that, that, for your guidance. We pray that you'll open our eyes as we study the word, that we can see the wonderful things that you would have us to know. Help our understanding, Father. Help us to eliminate anything that might hinder a correct understanding of your word. Uh, help, help us to just uh, cleanse ourselves of everything that would stand bef- between us and a good understanding of the Word, and so that we might receive it. We receive it humbly. Uh, we pray, Father, that as we study the Word, that it will uh, reveal to us the, the places where we need to improve, the areas that we need to strengthen, uh, the things that we need to eliminate. And so, Father, we pray for that help as we approach your word, and we pray that it will have the impact that you would like for it to have in our lives. Again, Father, we're thankful that you've revealed this word, that it's available to us, that we can read it and we can understand it. And Father, we pray for opportunity that we might share your word, the word of truth, with those who need it, who have never heard it before, that we might teach them and instruct them according to the way you would have them to go. Father, we're mindful at this time of those that, uh, that are in difficult situations, the, the fatherless, the widows, others that are struggling at this time in one way or another. We ask your blessings on them. And as we, uh, as we come to know and, and are made aware of those circumstances, Father, as we have opportunity, as we have resources, may res- we respond in, a, in the way that they would need, that it would alleviate their problems, and that you would be pleased with. Father, help us in our efforts to remain unspotted from the world day by day, uh, hour by hour as we're faced with temptation. Help us to resist those things. Take that way of escape that you provide and help us not only to resist the temptation, but to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Help us, Father, to be aware day by day of our responsibility to do your word, to be doers of the word. Help us to put it faithfully into practice.